Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 18 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I am very excited to be joined by Charlie Feldman of the YouTube channel CreatureTubes. How are you doing this morning, Charlie? I'm doing awesome. I love that we're recording on Valentine's Day. It's yes, happy Valentine's and Day. And same to you. Uh, I love uh, talking to new people on an artificial hallmark holiday of, of doom. <laughs> I think my <laughs> yeah, my my husband and I have kind of just decided that I don't think we do Valentine's Day anymore. We we do enough romantic stuff throughout the year that Valentine's Days we'll we'll just let that we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll go to dinner the night before the night after when the prices aren't jacked up to. To crazy numbers. You have it absolutely right. I woke up this morning assuming as much with, with my fiancé, and turns out he got a, a gift and made breakfast, and I, I'm actually wearing, uh, you can't see, but I'm wearing it right now, and I felt, I actually let out a, a, a Darth Vader-esque, no, because I, I taught him <laughs> nothing, so I'm clearly the crap partner in this in this duo. Um, that's, that's where my morning has started. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we've all had that experience at one point or another where I thought we weren't doing this anymore. <laughs> well, very good. Well, we're going to jump right into the interview so that uh, we can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, go ahead and tell us about yourself. So uh, I am a freelance writer, producer for YouTube content, kind of specifically in the, the geek and gamer vein. Uh, I've worked for uh, a number of years with uh, Defy, uh, on Screen Junkies, I wrote a couple Honest trailers. Um, uh, Machinima is is currently who I'm most associated with, but uh, I've been around. <laughs> I've done and, and said some things. Uh, it's yeah. I um I started uh, Creature Tubes was sort of my uh, response to going to companies with these uh, ideas that I suppose that were stereotypically uh, air air quoted female content. And they uh, would swat it away and say that, that uh, female nerds were not something they are interested in. Uh, their their demographic is male. And I got so flustered and, and upset with uh, uh, these emails and meetings and such that uh, I made I made this channel with a bunch of lady producers to kind of combat that. And we're rounding our second year this summer and, and have a, had a lot of uh, uh, things to be proud of. Uh, love, love those ladies. We're really we're, we're working towards a really cool goal, I think. That's very cool. I, I still can't believe that in this day and age we are, you know, designating between male geeks and female geeks or men and women in any way, shape, or form. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's twenty. It's twenty sixteen. People, come on. <laughs> come on. We don't. We don't need the toy aisle with the pink and the blue. Right. That's right. Right. Well, what are your areas of geekitude? Where are your areas where you feel like you just Full-on geek, you know your stuff, that's your, that's your strong point. Uh, I, I definitely feel like a, a, a renaissance geek in that uh, there's nothing I've ever if, – if the, the – uh, what was the Comedy Central show with the geek? Uh, the, they, they had a game show where it's, it's uh, this very – I know what you're talking about, and I can't oh, think of the name. It. What was it? Beat the Geek. Sorry, fiance from the other group. Beat the Geeks. Uh, so I remember that show, and I always thought, like, damn, I, I could be a Simpsons geek. I could be a comedy mm. geek. I could be a, a graphic novel geek. Um, at, at the time when that show was on and I was younger, I was way, way more into uh, graphic novels than I was uh, capes and cows. 
Um, but uh, uh, cartoons and anime and uh, uh, RPGs are my jam in terms of gaming. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I have to say I, I don't have any very, very specific. I'm not, I love Star Wars. I love, I love Star Trek. Uh, I, but I, there's nothing specific that I would say is my my geek center of focus. I, I definitely have a I'm I'm very liberal. I'm a liberal <laughs> <laughs> Well I, I, I really like the the phrase uh, Renaissance geek. I think that's that needs to make it into the vernacular. That's that's pretty it's nice and descriptive. <laughs> patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> um do you have any areas where you feel the the geekitude is low where you kind of I'm, step out of the conversation because it's not your thing? I'm woefully inept with tabletop gaming. I wish I wasn't I just got Settlers of Catan not too long ago, so I'm trying to to know more. Um, I'm I'm starting to work with Geek and Sundry, and that's their bread and butter. And I I feel yeah, I feel very inept when it comes to tabletop gaming and Dungeons and Dragons and and things like that. Um, I remember when I was younger, we would start to play Dungeons and Dragons, and being little theater geeks, uh, mm-hmm. we would stop playing and go outside and and just I guess LARP. We we pre LARPed, <laughs> but I, I don't think it had a name for it. At that point, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, well, we've said a cu- on a couple episodes now. It's just such a time commitment yeah. to get those games going. And I, I don't know. I, I feel more enthralled by uh, video games. I, I, I like going into those worlds, um, which is not. That sounds very sad. It sounds like I, I need a, a graphic crutch uh, instead of using my imagination, which I don't think is the case. But uh, that's always been more compelling to me to to spend my hours upon hours playing uh, Final Fantasy and and knowing those wor- worlds and getting on an airship than uh, <laughs> than being with with actual living breathing human beings. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know I think that's a very common thing, and I think again it comes down to uh, to time. It's it's instant gratification versus you know trying to set everything up and make sure everybody's there and, oh, they can't make it next week and how are we going to do this? And what- <laughs> Just after a while, you're like, I'm not having fun. Let's do something else. <laughs> True, but it's it's such a great community. Uh, I uh, There's some crossover uh, between what, what we're, we're doing now and what we're talking about later uh, with the Geek and Sundry tabletop community and they're fabulous viewers. They're, they're fabulous new uh, fans of what we're doing, and it just makes me want to be a part of that community even more. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what projects you have? Quite a few going on, but what what big projects do you have going on right so now? The ones I'm excited about. So I, I like I, I mentioned, I dropped I dropped Geek and Sundry down, <clears throat> but uh, I was very fortunate uh, to to link up with them recently. And uh, although there were a bunch of shows, I wish we were doing. Uh, we can't because of budgets, but I, I'm still holding out hope for for some of these. The one that's mm-hmm. actually happening is going to be a a Twitch dating show uh, for for gamers. Oh wow! That's going to be hosted by Whitney Moore. Uh, you're getting very much a scoop because we haven't really started the planning stages. We just got the the green light uh, earlier this week, actually. Um, but that should be a lot of fun. Uh, just it just what you would expect a blind date to be. But in front of uh, the Twitch stream, that should be that should be There'll be some very interesting uh, chat comments, I am sure. Oh man, we're gonna have to moderate the hell out of the chat. Oh wow. Oh man, that's just gonna get filthy real fast. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So there's that, and then Machinima 
uh, they have a partnership with uh, Verizon Go 90 and there's a, a whiteboard cartoon show that I'll be be writing and producing. That's going to be a lot. Of, it's basically a uh, tutorial. It's like, uh, do you know ASAP Science or any of those whiteboard science shows? Uh, yes, I ha- I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, it'll be like that, but for uh, really annoying pop culture ephemera or not necessarily annoying, but uh uh, things that are are confusing about the modern day, like uh, what is what is an otherkin? Why are we saying bye to Felicia? Uh, those are the sort of things we're tackling. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily nerd culture, so not not entirely pertinent to your your audience, but it it should be very funny. Uh, we we it's just a how we do the actual cartoon process is just me and a very talented cartoonist David, who uh, we, it's like jazz. We we have a script, but then we start to notice. Uh, really bizarre things that uh, happen as he's drawing. Uh, I, I need to preface that I, I am a Jewish lady. So I'm a Jewish lady and it's not quite as bad. Um, <laughs> so at a certain point, there was an internet cat called Ceiling Cat. It's a meme or the, there's a cat in the ceiling and it says Ceiling Cat Sees All. It's an old meme. And eventually, uh, as we're drawing, we made Ceiling Cat into Anne Frank. So Anne Frank oh, no. <laughs> looking down on people, and that's that's sort of how the show goes. It gets very absurd, and not necessarily not controversial like that, but uh, it gets very absurd. Anyway, look out for that on Verizon Go ninety. It'll be a lot of fun. It does sound like a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite fandom? Something that you're just constantly drawn back to that that just kind of is your go to fandom? My go to fandom. That's fascinating. I guess graphic novels. Anything Neil Gaiman does, I'm fully on board. Big Alan Moore fangirl. Um, uh, Garth Ennis, Warren Ellis. Uh, all all of the like the, I guess, more R-rated side of of graphic novels is right. my my favorite type of of comic. Uh, I only very. I'd say within the last five years have gone into more caves. Although my first comic ever was uh, X-Men. X-Men was, was my gateway. And that before that, I should say, I, I uh, was a 90s kid uh, who got into all of this, not through a sibling, but through the cartoons. X-Men and Batman the Anim- Animated Series were uh, huge for me. And Gargoyles, to a lesser extent, but Gargoyles is genius. Um, so that's that kind of... That kind of broke me into the the nerd mold very early, and I, I haven't escaped it since. <laughs> Are you excited about X Men Apocalypse? I'm not. I wish I could say I was. Uh, I do. I love that the aesthetic is, is 80s. I love that they're taking this sort of uh, era approach to the the last few X Men movies. But I just don't think any of the X Men movies have ever got it right. Um, I don't. I, I I'm in the minority, which I'm glad about because I like when people enjoy things unabashedly, but uh, ever since that first X-Men movie, Brian Singer has not won me over. I think it's because he, he just ruined Rogue, and I have never forgiven him since. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think I think for a while, a lot of us have been like, well, it's what we have, so we're going to enjoy it while it's here, but I think they've been doing a lot of better things as they go along, yeah. and it's kind of like, oops, if we could go back in time, we would do things differently, but now we can't, so this is what you got. We could have with Days of Future and Past. <laughs> uh, which, which was decent. Was I liked decent. it. it I liked decent. it quite a bit. Um, it, but some bizarre things here and there, like now uh, uh, Kitty Pride is, is helping Wolverine go back, because so Wolverine's a bigger star, and that's just how we're going to make this happen. And 
just just really strange choices to me. But I guess they yeah. they went with what's gonna put people in seats and not the the actual canon. Eh. Yeah, it's an unfortunate. Although I I will uh, mention how I feel they've done with uh, Deadpool when we get to keep it geek this week. Have you seen it I yet? I did. I did see it. So we'll have stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Um, I apologize. I just realized that my question number six is the old question number six. And uh, I'm going to change it. real. Well, I'll just ask it instead of trying to change it while we're recording. But um, we stopped asking the guilty pleasures question because everybody says we shouldn't be guilty about things we like. And I kind of tend to agree. And so the, the new question is, is there anything out there that you feel is underrated and you think people should get out there and start you know, indulging in immediately. In terms of uh, an entire vein of of geekery or uh, a specific uh, object, it could be it could be anything. It could be uh, you know a specific comic book. It could be an entire series. It's anything that you're just like, I love this, and I wish more people did. I love that. Um, you know what? I think really needs to be revisited by people. Uh, and it's, uh, I asked why. Uh, whether we're talking about bigger or, or smaller, is the John Carter movie. I had this conversation the other day. <laughs> but John Carter got such, uh, just miles of manure piled on it before it was even released that no one gave it a chance. And when I saw it, perhaps because my expectations were so low, I couldn't believe, I don't think it's a masterpiece by any means, but it's a fun movie. It's certainly a better Brad Bird movie than Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I think everyone should give that one another chance and and give more of an open mind to it because it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the marketing people also did not know what they had and didn't market it to the right people. It's very actually very similar to Gem. Uh, the the people who marketed Gem didn't really understand what they were marketing, and the people who marketed um, John Carter as well. If people knew this was a a space adventure. Uh, I, I think they would have uh, treated it a lot differently, but but who's to say? Yeah, I I have a friend who's in um, marketing for studios, and it's very interesting to see how they deal with publicity. And sometimes, if they don't know the product, can really cause problems. I I, I mean that's the they're the last line of defense. They're like the goalies playing uh, soccer. Uh, it has to go through a lot of people to be uh, to get to the goalie, but they're the ones that make sure that it's it's going to go through. I love that I use a sport euphemism because I I don't sport. <laughs> Maybe in the past, but uh, that's the only thing it brought to mind. It's okay. I think there's there's definitely a contingent of uh, of geeks that uh, that enjoy sports, and sometimes we don't. Uh... We don't give them that little crossover benefit. It's true. Madden's fun. People out there who sport Madden. Madden has always been a good game series, even though I hate, yeah. hate football and all the concussions. It's rot. Uh, it's still a fun game. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right. right. Well, thank you for letting us know a little bit more about you and kind of get to to know who we're talking to today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how we kept it geek this week. Mm. Um, I posted my second article for uh, this blog called Dumbbells and Dragons, which is a geek fitness blog. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, I, I, I think it's—I still think it's like the most creative name for a, a blog ever. Um, so this week, uh, I in my last two weeks, I lost three pounds. Congratulations! 
Yeah, it's slow but steady, and that's kind of the point. And so you can kind of check out my article and my progress there every other week on Dumbbells and Dragons. And then last night I got a chance to go see Deadpool, which I absolutely loved. I did. You, I second yeah, and you got to see I, it. I absolutely second that. Um, I who who doesn't like breaking the fourth wall? Who doesn't like uh, unabashed, quirky, silly, juvenile comedy? It it was the most. I, I I actually I have a couple friends uh, who who kind of gave me pre word that it's 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 terrible. It's bad. It's 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 idiotic and. Uh, I so again I went in with my expectations being quite low. Even though I, I speaking of good marketing, holy crap! Though that that's marketing, that's understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, uh, and it, it carried through to the movie. I thought this is Deadpool. This is the most Deadpool movie that could have Deadpooled, and they killed it. Yeah, it was spot on. It was like, and I, I think the people who don't care for it just don't understand the franchise. Yeah. Um. And they're kind of like, well, it's kind of weird and it's kind of silly and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's kind of like, well, that's the draw of the comic. It's kind of like the like Deadpool is what 13 year old boys draw when they're bored in class. Absolutely. I would I would extend that to, to ladies as well. Yes, absolutely. There, I will absolutely. say there there were a couple groaners in uh, I mean, there were a couple uh, like purposeful groaners that, uh, in terms of jokes. But there are a couple groaners in terms of kind of. Uh, the diversity of what where geek is right now. Uh, there was one comment made. I don't want to spoil anything for for people, but there's one comment made that was kind of a bummer for for the trans community. Uh, mm-hmm. That was kind of a, uh, and there was a the there's another one that's like uh, perpetuating that the the people coming to this movie if they're female were brought by their boyfriends, uh, and that was just kind of like, well, are we still there? But it was it was minimal. Mostly, I think it. it got its humor really right. Yeah, and the, all I do have to say is when he did make that comment, my husband nudged me because he, he felt that he was not fully informed on what this movie was <laughs> when he went in. <laughs> well, that's sweet. I wish uh, there was a way to, to de-gender it, and have, but I, I guess the joke wouldn't have worked. It would have been unclear what they were getting at. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, and I... I Absolutely loved their uh, portrayal of Colossus. I feel like they finally got Colossus right. I think that's the Colossus that we grew up with. <laughs> I I totally agree. Uh, I do you know what I think that they they were free to do that because of Guardians and because of uh, shoot is it Dax is, was Dax the one that had no um, sense of irony. Yes. Yeah, so yes. I think because uh, that character has existed and, and people really responded to it, they were like, oh, well, Colossus can be this way because there, there, mm-hmm. there's some overlap there. Um, yeah, I – and you know what I was surprised – sorry, I'm, I'm jumping around a bit. But uh, okay. the love story worked for me. I thought I would hate the love story, but it totally worked. <laughs> well, because their their chemistry was phenomenal. phenomenal. and Yeah, and they, they were they were so equally matched in, in – you know, they were they were two sides of the same coin, yeah. and it was so you believed that they got each other. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, it was really and cool. It, yeah, it didn't feel forced in that way, and it wasn't – I remember watching the commercial, and I think she has the line in the commercial that, I don't do damsel in distress or something like that, and I eye-rolled because I thought, oh, it's another one of these where they think they're making a strong female character, and, and they fail utterly. But she, she was. She didn't have a whole lot of screen time, but I think for the screen time uh, she was in for was uh, – I think they, they proved that um, to be the case. Uh what was I, there, there's another part of, of the movie that really I was really impressed by. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, in general, he, he, he loves this movie. He loves his character. He loves his property. It's so apparent. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone could have played Deadpool the way he did. And I, I love the fact that I, this is the first time I've seen Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds in a long time. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a fun wittiness to him and all his movies that just kind of went away there for a while. He, got, he, he was a broken man, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A bunch of uh, big box office failures will do that to you, I guess. Well, I, also, I think people were trying to make him something that he's just not. You know, his his charm and his his draw is the fact that he's kind of this goofy, witty guy. And they tried to make him this serious action star for a while. And it wasn't, you know, you can be an action star, but you have to be one that plays to your strengths, which is that that comedy, that kind of juvenile humor that is very charming. The Van Wilder within his soul. <laughs> yes, exactly. That that's the Ryan Reynolds we always want to see. You know, find things that he can do. That so. I have had people say that it's uh, he was too cocky, but I I have to disagree. I think the Deadpool he was playing uh, definitely a lot of vulnerability, definitely a lot of like uh, compensating for things. And, and mm-hmm. you know what I heard that I I hope uh, I hope happens. He's trying to push for Deadpool to have a boyfriend in the next one. Oh, that would be awesome. I think that'd be so cool. What a uh, time has come for that sort of thing, and why not Deadpool? Absolutely, because that would be a a big a big big step forward from where we're at right now. Absolutely, huge step forward. In fact, uh, my husband, as I've said on previous episodes, he's he's trying very hard. Um, he's not a geek at all, <laughs> and um, but he's and he gets a little frustrated when I say that. Because he's trying, just because he loves me for no other reason, <laughs> and so it is. It is very sweet and appropriate for Valentine's Day. But um, he he researched it a little bit before he went to see the movie, and on the drive there, he said, "Do you think that they'll you know make any reference to the fact that he's pansexual, or because he looked that up and was like, oh, look at this character that might actually have some." connection to his life Mm -hmm. so i thought that was pretty neat it's so necessary visibility is so necessary in in even our geek culture especially our geek culture because i mean now that it's (laughs) our geek culture is now pop culture but uh we're still uh in an age where we remember when it wasn't and we Mm -hmm. we, i know i would have liked to have seen pansexual characters when i was younger and felt less alone in that uh in the characters i was reading about um so it's I, I'm sure that's still the case today, even though it's a little more accepted to be a geek. Yeah, it's it's a weird we're in a weird place where we've become mainstream, but there's a big contingency that doesn't want to be mainstream because they're like, well, you didn't like me back then, so why are you trying to be nice to me now? <laughs> and I think it plays. <laughs> what was that? Cha ching, because most- yeah. 
I, I think it's, it plays to those insecurities where you're waiting for the other foot to drop. And are you just liking me because, you know, there's a joke here at the end of this process. And I think that plays on a lot of uh, geeks' insecurities. Absolutely. We're, we're also burnt from stuff like, the, I don't know your, your opinions on it, but a lot of people hate the Big Bang Theory for that reason, where it's just kind of co-opting a culture without any soul. And uh, it's, it's upsetting. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that was that was about it for my geekiness this week. Um although I have played a lot of Sims 4. Okay. Every once yeah, every once in a while I'll just get into a mode where it's kind of brainless and you can sit here and just kind of relax and, you know, steal ladders out of pools, you know. <laughs> Uh, you actually, to bring it back to your early question of what is, what is my, my capital G, capital G, yes, capital G, my thesis, <laughs> um, in terms of video games, I've been playing since I was probably eight years old, the Civilization series, uh, so Civ Five. I, I was a smoker for many years, and now I'm not, but Civ Five is, is my cigarette, if I am ever feeling stressed out, I immediately go to my my um, Steam and play Civ. I've I've locked in. I think last I looked, 634 hours playing this game. Just this version of this game, not including all the previous Civilizations. Wow. Yeah, we all have that that thing where it's like, you know what? It's been stressful or it's been busy, and I just want to turn off my brain. And this is the game I'm going to do it with. <laughs> totally. Sometimes you just want to conquer India. It happens. <laughs> How about you? What uh, geeky things have you done this week? Uh, so I, it was also my my birthday. Uh, my birthday is February eighth, so it, it just came and went. And oh, happy birthday! Thanks very much. Um, speaking of fiancés, you try uh, before my birthday. Uh, sort of like the midnight before it was was passing. I didn't know I was getting uh, a PlayStation Four. I had no no clue. Uh, I was thinking of of getting a console because I haven't had. Uh, a console of my own because I have it for work so I, I just play a lot at work um, so I, I had said to my fiance like I'm not going to get a PS4 until I finish uh, this pilot I'm writing little did I know it was already wrapped and in our closet oh no <laughs> <laughs> so it was very silly when he showed it to me but uh, in terms of what I did this week uh, I finally caught up on uh, Wolf Among Us um, which is based off the fables uh uh, graphic novel. I don't know if you ever ever caught Fables, but if you haven't, I love Fables. Fables love so Fables. good. And I, I actually, I never read the last one. Did you? Did you finish the series? I stopped about two thirds of the of the way through, so I didn't get to it either. Yeah. Um, I, I used to share uh, graphic novels with my roommate, and he would buy all the Fables, and I would buy all the I want to say Runaways. Oh yeah. And we would trade off, and then we. I moved out and and it wasn't convenient to do that anymore. And then life happened and I kind of just stopped collecting. So I'm, I'm about, I'd say just past halfway on that series. And so I've, I've got a couple of the graphic novels to go through, but I just haven't made the time. Definitely worth it. Definitely. Definitely worth it. that and saga. If you're not up on saga yet, definitely put that on your list. I'm going to have to, because you're like the 10th person in <laughs> in the last six months that have told me I have to start reading Saga. It's, I mean, did you read any of Why the Last Man? Or um, Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of it, yeah. So uh, it's definitely that, that comedic sensibility and, and the heart of Why the Last Man, but on such a 
beautiful scope that, that I've heard it being called uh, Star Wars for adults, <laughs> which oh, I feel nice. a little derisive, but uh, is still kind of appropriate because there's sexy times in this world. <laughs> Very cool. Anything else? Uh, anything else this week? Um, well, I, I guess if people want to check out, uh, I host a, a show called The Geek That Was, um, which is uh, my, my interpretation of a daily show or a last week with John Oliver, but a, a specifically geek culture. Uh, so that's I'm going to plug that a little bit because I'm very, very proud of it. This week I wasn't on it because of my birthday, but I'll, I'll be back on next week. And that's weekly. That's weekly on Creature Tubes. Check it out. Uh, the the name I don't think anyone on this side uh, of the world will know. It's it's actually uh, a play on the the week that was, which is kind of a a seminal um, satirical news program that was in England in the sixties. So very cool. Um, speaking of of that that genre of television, did you see uh, Samantha Bee's new I did, series? I did. I think she's incredible. I would kill the right for that show. It is it is doing it completely. It's more Daily Show than the current Daily Show, in my opinion, which is still doing great, but it's just its own thing now. Uh, yeah. I did. Did you watch it? I did. I did. I thought it was phenomenal. And I, I didn't even know about it. That was a, a catch on my husband's part. And he was like, you have to watch this. And it was phenomenal. I, I don't think I've laughed out loud that hard at a TV show in a very long time. Absolutely the same. It's, and she goes for it. She just, <laughs> she went there. And I, I that's such a silly phrase. Like, she went there. But she did. She. Oh, yeah. Definitely went for the throat. <laughs> I can't wait to see where that show goes. I just I just hope that people let it be and let her do her thing and you know support it because I I can see a lot of letters being written it's like come on people if you don't like it don't turn in absolutely I also hope that they get a better streaming service because I don't have cable and it was very hard to to get to it yeah 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 all right well that was our geeky week um, just a couple of things in the news both. Comic-Con related, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the 20th is your day to get uh, Comic-Con tickets this year if you were not in the pre-sales or if you were in the pre-sales and did not successfully get tickets. So that is coming up on February 20th. Will you be going to San Diego Comic-Con this year? Uh, yeah, I usually go in kind of a work capacity, so it's I haven't um, been able to relax during a Comic-Con mm-hmm. for years. Uh, but I, I will definitely be running around with a camera and a crew and it's, it's always good times because the, the parties are very, very fun. Yeah. I've been going for, for a very, very long time and it's just gotten harder and harder and harder to get tickets. Yeah. It's obscene. Yeah. Last time almost missed it. Uh, had some friends that, that hooked me up, but, uh, this year we were very lucky. The whole little group of us that have been going forever, um, we're able to get the pre-sales, so... Oh, well done. It it just takes so much pressure off. It is one of the most stressful times of the year. It's, it's always worth it, but sometimes you wonder you wonder just how worth it because of the, the stress of it. Yeah, and th- this year I'm going to try and get, on the 20th, I'm going to try and get my husband tickets. The, the first time we went together, I, I often... Um, claim as the worst Comic-Con I have ever been to. Oh, no. um, there was just a, a discrepancy in expectations 
and and he wasn't happy and I wasn't happy and we learned a lot and now that we're farther into our our relationship we are able to kind of step back and say all right if you need to go back to the hotel you go back to the hotel if you need me to come to dinner with you tonight I can skip that panel and a lot more compromise has been created that sounds amazing what communication you guys have that's such a good model for for all the relationships out there Oh, yeah. For a good year or two, I, he was like, well, do you want me to go this year? I'm like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Worst Comic-Con ever, and I've broken up with somebody at Comic-Con. So, Precedent. Precedent. <laughs> so that is a – yeah, that is a that is a title to hold. So anyway, so that is coming up, guys. Don't miss your chances. We'll, we'll try and uh, remind you throughout the week. And then very exciting for those of us in Southern California and specifically in Palm Springs, Palm Springs is officially going to get their first Comic-Con. Now, you uh, actually did a little promo spot for this. I did. I'm the first face you see in their Kickstarter video. Alex sent me a a little preview, so I I think it's still the case. But yeah, I'm the first face you see. We recorded um, last year for the Palm Springs Short Film Fest. I was there on a panel. Uh, and it, it was a panel with, I wish I remember the other two gentlemen. One uh, actually owns a comic book store over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot the other gentleman. I feel terribly. Uh, but it was for, it was for some film making youths. And we got to talk about, uh, geek culture and, and its, uh, relevance to, uh, to filmmaking. Um, but yeah, so the, the point of that was kind of to show, Palm Springs, that Palm Springs deserves its own Comic-Con. It so rightfully does. It's such, who wouldn't want to spend some time in Palm Springs and, and talk about the things uh, that we love in, in the geek community? It's a no-brainer. Absolutely, and they've they've positioned it in November. It's going to be November 19th and 20th, and that's kind of perfect weather out here. It's just starting to cool off. Uh, so I think I think it's great. We, we do have a, a good convention infrastructure established here i mean it's not anything that's gonna it's not, it's not like las vegas or la but it definitely is going to be able to kind of grow and and mature so you know we're gonna try and promote the the heck out of that absolutely yes in fact we'll try and get alex on the show sometime in the next couple of weeks before his kickstarter goes full full force <laughs> and it's a full-time job let me tell you they they say that and they warn you about it but you don't realize until you're mid mid campaign and you realize you're not making deadlines for your actual jobs <laughs> yeah yeah which is a perfect segue, segue for what we're here for to talk about today which is your current kickstarter uh why don't you tell us all about this because i think it's a phenomenal project oh thanks so much uh so my my lady group creature tubes we made a sketch in i'd, I'd say around may in response to the Jam and the Holograms live action movie trailer. Uh, we all saw the trailer and we were pretty shocked at um, the direction it was taking. We had all heard the announcement that the movie was being made, knew a little bit about them reaching out to fans to try to contribute. Uh, so we're all very optimistic about it. And then the trailer happened and we were like, where the holograms? Where's Synergy? Um, and people were very upset. So we did a a sketch kind of uh, using Jem herself as Jem as, as we know Jem as the cartoon um, played by Chloe Dykstra Skydart. Um, uh, what, how she felt about it, uh, how she felt about uh, her representation, uh, and 
we are very, uh, for lack of a better word, we're very uh, blessed to have great press coverage for a lot of our sketches, our, our, our bigger sketches. And this one did not get anything. <laughs> we couldn't get any blog to, to care about it for some reason. Uh, and yet, it got passed around in the wonderful, glowing, awesome, magical gem community. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it's our, one of our biggest hits uh, viewership wise, but by far 20 times the, the, com- we get, we still get comments. We're almost a year from that coming out. We still get comments about how this, this is the movie they wanted. This is, um, this is how they always saw Jem. Please make a movie. Please make a movie. Please make a movie. And our egos were so stroked by this. Uh, <laughs> and we were so, uh, humbled by it that we started to give it a lot of thought. Uh, and I only wanted to make one, make a fan film, if I thought that we could do a story that was worthwhile. And uh, I, I think we had that. I, I, I sat along with it. I watched every single episode, which I had not done. Um, I think I came up with a, a great Gem and the Holograms fan film story. Uh, and we started our Kickstarter to make it. Uh, that that uh, started... No, I don't think it started the 19th because we were actually late on that. Uh, we uh, had to get processed by Kickstarter. I think fan films might have a little more of a, a, a process to get through because um, of copyright. But uh, we were accepted and we've been running pretty strong. And we are five days away at this recording <laughs> from from our uh, final day of, of fundraising. It's very nerve wracking. Now it ends on the 20th? It ends on the 20th. It uh, ends noon Pacific Standard Time on the 20th. Um, so not too far away. Yeah, so if you're if you're waiting for midnight, it's not a, a whole day thing. You have to be in there before noon. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kickstarter is very funny that way. The, the moment you put it up, that's the moment it'll end. Um, but it's it's such a cool project. We have an amazing cast. Uh, we have, uh, like I said, Chloe Dykstra as Jem. We have Whitney Moore, who is in, uh, she's a big uh, Geek and Sundry host, but she also, uh, she was in this horror film called Birdemic, so she has a little bit of a cult following. She's an amazing actress. She's playing Kimber. Um, Krista Sparkles, who is a, a huge Jem fan in her own right, and uh, the queen of kawaii uh, culture, I'd say. Uh, yes, and Monet Watkins, who plays our Shayna, is uh, she goes to colleges to do spoken word and poetry. Uh, very, very talented lady there. Just uh, really, really cool women attached to this. And I, I do think women are very much at the forefront of not only the story that we're telling, but also we're an all-female production, which is, is uh, getting to be a thing, but uh, is still very, very rare. Um, it's so... It, it, it's it's so hard to get something that is female focused into a production stage. Uh, this is not something they. I mean, the the, the live action film they handed over to three men, uh, and I, I'm not. To, which is not to say that men cannot make a female centered movie, but I think women have the edge there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's different. It, there's a different perspective. There's a different. You know, it, it's hard to have people say, "I know what these other people want." Yeah, because you're not those other people. Yeah, it, it's just a very frustrating thing. You would you would at least hope there's some sort of consultantship going on where where females are involved, and in fact, they didn't consult with the creator Christy Marks until much later into the process. I think I I would believe that her she didn't have much of a, a, a say into the story 
and and that was kind of the problem because this the story had nothing to do with Jem as we know it. It was kind of grafted on to a, a, a script that had been floating around for a while. Um, also, I we haven't mentioned this publicly, but we have talked to Christy Marks. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know if she wants uh, that in writing, <laughs> saying it on your podcast, but we. We were really lucky to have received an email back from her that was incredibly supportive. Very businesslike. She's a very matter-of-fact lady. Um, mm-hmm. But essentially saying, uh, you know, you're going to do this with your heart, and uh, I, I, I can't be involved on paper, but uh, I look forward to seeing what you guys do. Um, which we feel very, very fortunate that she she reached out. That's very cool. It's It's nice to feel like, you know, there is some... Creator support there, and and she's got to be a little bit disappointed with with what they did with her property. I mean, it just can't be. It's just not- it can't be nice to feel like somebody's taking your baby and and taking it in a direction that you had never intended it to be. Absolutely, and and certainly we as fans uh, making this, we're hoping we're, we're not doing the same. Even though we're, we're trying to hew close to the original, I, I can't imagine that 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 would. As someone who who, who considers herself a writer, that would just uh, <laughs> I'd get sick over that. Well, and I think that's what what drew me to your project in the first place is I I feel like in in this day and age where you have mega fans like J.J. Abrams doing Star Trek and Star Wars, there's no excuse to be doing you know taking these properties and doing them off center in a way that doesn't pay tribute to the way they're the fan base wants them done. Yeah. You know, we, we talked a little bit about that with X-Men earlier. It's, you know, we saw what they were doing. It wasn't necessarily as, as direct as we had hoped it would be, but at least they were trying to kind of navigate the, well, it's not going to be all geeks. It's going to be, um, you know, people that aren't familiar. So we're going to try and kind of split the middle and then the Marvel movies come out, and I think they kind of say, no, you don't have to split the middle. There's a reason why these stories are such po- so popular with the geek community, because they're good stories. And so I feel like in this day and age, there's just no excuse to take a property and say, let's do something completely different with it. Nobody's going to care. You're so right. It's trusting in the storytelling that's already there, I think. They, you have to do that, or why, or why are you doing the property at all? Mm-hmm. It's it's going to upset people so thoroughly with with the case uh, of Jem if uh, you don't take the time to understand the property. Uh, and you're so right, Marvel really did that. It really seems to to come from from fans. Uh, and it's unfortunate that something that is so female based was so incredibly not given given the same respect. And Jem's very very silly. Jem is campy. Jim is strange. <laughs> it's it's a, a lot of uh, the elements of Jim are, are they don't they don't always come together. But there, so many people appreciate what it was doing and what it was saying and and the look of it that uh, I don't know. I, there's I, I I'm I'm rambling a bit, but there's a way to not be Joel Schumacher about it. Like you can still have phenomenally campy elements and fun elements of of a property. And like uh, again, to to bring Guardians of the Galaxy up, that embraced mm-hmm. its silly qualities. It's there's a character. It's a talking raccoon whose best friend is essentially a tree. 
And they gave, yeah. they gave it the time and the space to be that sort of silly thing. And they were the most emotionally heart-wrenching heart of, of the movie. Well, that's the thing. Is they, they, again, it goes back to good storytelling. Yeah. It goes back to being able to say these are our characters and stories that that have a strong base. And so we want to retell them in a cinematic way to make them um, kind of impressive. To, to, to pimp our, our, our story, our film, uh, Truly, Out- Truly Outrageous, uh, a gem fan film. Uh, I, I think that's where I'm really the most proud of what we're doing is we're starting from uh, the story element and the human elements within that story in that it's, a sto- it's, it's about sisterhood. It's about uh, female friendships and sisterhood. Um, and that is something that I, I think is the, the reason why something like Frozen was so huge. It, and it's not, mm-hmm. I don't think it ostracizes uh, men or, or other genders uh, at all, but I, I think it's, it's a story that even if you're not female can identify with this, this feeling of needing to belong somewhere to have that family, whether it's a biological family or one that you're, you're brought together in under other circumstances. Um, and I, I guess the, the live action movie we did get uh, riffed a little bit on that while sort of ignoring the, the sort of grander concepts, the science fiction concepts, the, mm-hmm. uh, the deeper well of, of science fiction was not tapped. And that's something I'm very proud of that we're doing is where I, as a science fiction geek, I, how could you not want to play with the holograms? Absolutely. Well, and, and it's such an icon of the eighties. <laughs> like, like, I don't know how you don't pay homage to that. You know, it, it, it became a very millennial movie. And that's not what Jem is. The, the sensibilities there are not the same. And it's outrageous because <laughs> it's outrageous. It's outrageous <laughs> because uh, the IDW comic is doing it. They found a way to bridge that uh, uh, millennial gap. And I'm at, at the later end of the millennials, and it, it's so appealing in every possible conceivable way. Like I, again, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to do the '80s, but if you want to if you feel like you need to appeal to this current generation, uh, they're doing it in the comic and why that's not the live action movie will always just be beyond me. Yeah. I, I, I do think that this was, this was somebody pushing a script and how do we get the script to work? We'll attach an existing property to it. And, and that's, that's not fair to anyone. It's not fair to the original script writer. It's not fair to the people who enjoy the property and it's not fair to, um, to the property itself. Complete. And this, I actually think this story would have worked really well on its own. Uh, the, the actresses really threw themselves into it and they're very, very charming. Um, it, the movie me- meant a lot to, uh, a, a lot of people. Um, it just shouldn't have been gem. I think that's what right. it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Kickstarter process yeah. because that's got to be quite the interesting journey. Whew. It's it is a journey. Uh, you want to please your case. You want to make it as entertaining as possible. We had a lot of fun making our Kickstarter video, dripping in in the aesthetic of the '80s. I had a great filter. It was really fun to edit. We want to please your case and uh, show why you need the money at all. Certainly, you can make a fan film on nothing. You can mm-hmm. uh, get thrift store. Costumes. Uh, look, look at our sketch. Our sketch was made for very little. I, it was the cost of food, uh, the the cost of uh, our time, 
Um, but we're lucky in that we have amazing friendships with people in the industry. Uh, but that it, you shouldn't run a business on on just that. People deserve to be compensated for their hard work and their talent and their time. And we want because we want their time to make this as professional as possible. We don't want this to feel like it's uh, a, a backyard film. We want it to feel like the film we the, the character and the concept deserves. So what the the Kickstarter needs to prove is where this money is going and why it's so, so necessary. And uh, in our case, uh, we, we hope we've presented something strong enough to show, yeah, we, we would like to do this sort of wig styling and, and costume making, but also there, the, we want to make the music videos be very fun and futuristic and, and um, fantastical, because I don't know if uh, anyone out there remembers the, the gem musical interludes, but they get hilarious and bizarre and she gets on a <laughs> unicorn and goes through the sky and we want that quality um we don't just want to like paint uh little popsicle sticks and put a wig on it like like some hair mm-hmm. on it and just you know pretend she's in these fantastical realms no we want to to actually <laughs> to to provide that visually and that that costs money <laughs> Well, it's a big difference between kind of doing a parody video and doing something that's, you know, telling an authentic story. Absolutely. That is absolutely the the difference. You can get a lot, uh, you can get away with a lot (laughs) in a parody that you, you can't in a, in a film. Unless you're a Karen Carpenter superstar, the, the Todd Haynes thing, which was just brilliant. But I'm sure that. Of course. Yeah, it, it always costs more than you, you would think. Well, very good. Well, I'm very excited for you guys. I think this is a wonderful project, and uh, we're going to promote the hell out of it this last uh, three weeks, and or last three weeks, last uh, three days, uh, and uh, and try and get you up to that uh, 12,000 mark. You're at 8,000 right now? We're at 8, so we did a, uh, a virtually day-long 11 to 5 p.m. Uh, fundraiser yesterday, where we uh, embarrassed ourselves for money, essentially. <laughs> we ate weird things, we, we, we did silly, embarrassing things, and we were able to get to 8,000, which is uh, 4,000 away from our very, very minimum goal. It does seem like we're, we did have stretch goals, um, which included part one and part two of our story. It does seem like we're only going to get to part one, but we still want it to be the best possible part one uh, we can provide. So when it gets to the eventual cliffhanger, it's not a, ah, well, I don't want to see another one. But, oh, my God, how can we stop this story now? Uh, When's the next Kickstarter is is our hope. And is that the is that the plan and the hope is that if if we can if we can make the uh, goal, even if we can't get to the stretch goal, we'll we'll do a second uh, Kickstarter. It would be really cruel to not do the second half. I think I might like the second half a little more just because of uh, where it goes. Um, the first part is great too. Uh, the, the songs are great and, and by no means do I want to not make you all excited about the first half. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, uh, uh, it just, it would just be unfair not to, to see both halves together. They, they complement each other so well and, and it's, you're rewarded by, by watching the, after watching the first half with the second half. It's, it's, 
it's got to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to make sure that it does. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Well, good luck. And, and again, uh, if you're, you're listening, <laughs> turn off the podcast, run over to Kickstarter, and, and please, please donate some money to, to this truly outrageous project because uh-huh. I think it's a lot of fun, and it's something that the fans definitely deserve. And we'll reward you with, with tangible, tactile rewards. <laughs> <laughs> cute ones there. <laughs> well, very good. And the, the one thing that I, I would like to, to throw out is that you all look like you're having so much fun with oh. all of this. You, you can tell that it's it's something that everybody wants to be there for. And I think that says so much about the project. So, you know, we're definitely rooting for you. Thank you so much, Joan. Thank you for having me on your podcast. This has been such a good time. Of course. Of course. Um, do you have any shout outs? Anybody you'd like to well, I, let them know you're thinking about them? <laughs> well, I because it's Valentine's Day, of course. Uh, shout out to uh, my fiance who who has uh, left similarly <laughs> to do his own thing while I record the podcast, and I appreciate that on Valentine's Day, even though we're, we hadn't planned on do, doing anything today. Um, but also to uh, Natalie Casanova, who is not only playing our Rhea, our drummer, but she hosted uh, our stream yesterday and did such an amazing job. Uh, she was extre- she does twenty four hour live streams for charity uh things uh, a lot more worthy than us uh, cancer charities like saint jude um but uh, i'm really impressed and in awe of her talent and her time and and i yeah so shout out to the zombie unicorn that's zombie without an e if you guys want to check her out on twitch uh she she's awesome she's a lot of fun and very very talented check her out and also, is the um, are you posting the live stream anywhere? Is there any place that somebody can go back and look at it? I think it? you can actually go to her Twitch and and review it. It's it's a silly time. It's I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, but you guys talk a lot about what you're doing and and what your hopes are for the the film and everything. So if if you're curious about what what is going on with this Kickstarter, I think it's it's definitely well, a worth. We, we also have something thing. called we are calling gem journals that we are we're, we're going through every step of the way. Uh, there's one about the the story process. We have an interview with our Kimber, and there will be an interview with our gem this week. Uh, and I, I, I'm. This is because we're a small production. I'm available to be reached should you ever want a question. Uh, tweet me at Charlie underscore Feldman. I am always available to talk about gem or geek stuff. Uh, uh, that's the, the beauty of social media and social networking in that I'm, I'm not that far away to, to discuss any, any questions or any concerns you have. Before you give us uh, money to, to back our project. Awesome. Um, for shout outs, I'd like to, likewise, because it's Valentine's Day, uh, send a shout out to my wonderful husband, who's been very patient as I podcast this morning. And uh, also to the the gang at the WEC podcast. We're going to get a couple of them on the show in a few weeks, and it should be a lot of fun. So definitely look out for that and make sure you're following them on Twitter. And uh, next week, we're going to have Kwanzaa Asajefo and his graphic novel Black, which kind of explores the idea of what would happen if the, the only people with superpowers in the world were black people. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's an, it looks like an amazing uh, graphic novel. I'm excited to hear about him. Uh, they also did Kickstarter, and they've been working through that, so... Very, very excited to talk to about talk about that project and also to talk about diversity in um, in comics in general, because I think there have been a lot of strides this last couple of years, 
but I think we can certainly go a lot farther with it. Here, here. All right. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It's being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can find us at geektitude.com. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Um, where can we find you and all your projects, Charlie? Uh, so if you'd like to follow me personally, uh, I'm Charlie underscore Feldman on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is Charlie underscore underscore Feldman because someone someone used my, my name and I can't use it, which is yay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, person out there. Um, uh, Creature and Creature Tubes can be found at Creature Tubes, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We're, we're always Creature Tubes, plural. Um, please check out our Kickstarter. It's called a uh, truly outrageous, a gem fan film. Any, uh, we have, uh, anything from a dollar to up. So any, any pocket change you got, any couch, uh, diving you want to do, we would very, very much appreciate your help. Very cool. Thank you so much, Charlie, for being on the show, uh, this morning. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to you about this. Yay. <laughs> all right. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs> <laughs>